Welcome to Dynamic Destiny with your host, Coach Pete, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I want to help you get unstuck, get clarity for your life's purpose, view things in a new way, and get your happy back. We won't just talk about theories on the show. We'll give you practical tools and wisdom that you can apply to your everyday life. So stay with me during this next hour as we unpack your powerful potential now. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Coach Pete coming to you from New York City, and you're listening to Dynamic Destiny Radio on Transformation Talk Radio. Each first and third Wednesday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we'll help you get unstuck and keep you moving forward toward your destiny. Check out my website, PeteCoaching.com, for all the ways you can access my podcast and archived episodes. Hey, our quote for the day comes from Chris Valatin, the dogs of doom stand at the door of your destiny. The dogs of doom stand at the door of your destiny. I love this quote. When we see our destiny and the place we want to be heading and moving toward, there will always be threats that want to intimidate you to keep you from moving forward. Don't be surprised when that happens. Keep pressing through so you can uh, make that kind of progress. And that's what we're here to help you to do on this show is to move forward toward your destiny. So, hey, on today's episode, I have a question for you. Is it possible to have alignment between your life purpose and what you do on your job every day, your career? Is it possible to have that kind of alignment? Uh, Maybe another question is, hey, with the pandemic going on right now, the COVID-19, shouldn't you just be happy to have a job at all and stop worrying about any kind of satisfaction and just hold on tight? Well, on today's show, I have an expert guest, Dr. Chip Roper, to help us unpack that. Uh, When I first met Chip, uh, when I moved into the city, it was about three years ago, and uh, I was really happy to, it was a mutual friend introduced us, and wow, I think we were finishing each other's sentences, and I was like, wow, this guy has a really similar motivation to mine, and that is we want to help people understand their, their work doesn't just have to be a grind and a job and that the, the purposes in their life and in their heart were meant to be expressed ideally through, through the work they do every day. And that's also how they can make the most difference in the world as well. Problem, there's a lot of disconnect there. And Chip uh, uh, is an, an expert in this. He actually, it's, it's his full-time, full-time work. Chip is a sought-after speaker on the topics of faith work, and calling. He hosts the Resilience webinar series and facilitates a monthly peer mentoring experience called the Executive Circle. Chip's an associate professor of entrepreneurship at the King's College in New York City. He lives with his wife, Audrey, of 32 years. They have three daughters and a son-in-law, and they live on the East River in Long Island City, in New York City. So welcome, Chip. Join me, uh, everyone, welcoming Chip, our guest. Chip, so glad to have you here. Thanks for, for making some time. Hey, tell us a little bit more about you and, and what you do. Pete, thank you. It's great to be here, and it's great to be with everybody, uh, especially in the season when all of our work has been dis- – every, every single one of us has experienced some form of work disruption thanks to COVID-19. 
Um, so yeah, P Voca Center, we we help people. We actually like to think of the, our, our, our vision is to rescue people from the forces that rob them of joy and effectiveness at work. And that, that's kind of the, our aspiration. Hmm. And um, how do we do that? Well, uh, we deliver the kind of coaching and training and leadership development that take people to the next level. So you know, very, very frequently, we're dealing with people who are navigating their from one career to the next, one job to the next. We call them career navigators. Some of that is voluntary and some of that is, you know, they got voluntold mm -hmm. they would be looking <laughs> for a new job. Um, so that's, you know, but the career navigators are people we work with. We work with leaders who want to level up their skills, um, discover their blind spots, need a safe place to, to figure out how, how to be better. Uh, and then we also work with teams and helping teams understand each other, get on the same page and perform better. So um, uh, we do that in the faith-based world. We do that in the in the in the wider world and we serve clients all over the u.s uh, there's a team of us and we work as a group and uh, it's been great we've been doing it for five years oh that's awesome that's awesome and i've seen some of your material and uh, chip's going to share some of that with us today as well so chip hey let's let's just dive right in right so we spend the majority of our waking hours most of us uh on a job or at work or some people call it a career um, and yet, um, you know, there is some statistics out there that say people are just woefully unfulfilled. Yeah. Um, like what, what are, what are some of the, well, first, the kind of first, the stats we would go to, there's a couple of different ones. One is Gallup, the Gallup organization frequently publishes, uh, statistics on engagement and by engagement, they mean like how many people are kind of bringing their whole selves, their, their energy, their their discretionary attention to their jobs. And what they consistently find is it's about 30%. So 30% are bought in and invested in their work and 70% are not. They are either trying to survive it or they're actually sabotaging the, the work, the workers around them. Like they're, they're actually negative actors, you know, on the, oh, on the wow. job. Uh, so 70% are not, not in. And um, there's another stat. I don't know what it is right now. Cause it's, it's probably gone down, but, you know, at any given time, 55% of, of, of workers would leave their job for a better opportunity. So that's another stat that kind of tells us, um, you know, how, how satisfied people are, how committed they are to their current job. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I do some work in the faith world, and um, there's been some studies of Christian workers, and they found that it's the same stat. It's, it's kind of interesting, kind of ironic that 70% of Christian workers really don't see a connection between the web of meaning that comes from their faith and their work. Like they're two separate worlds and 30% do. So it's, it's like we're, we're keep running into the same stat, you know, that, you know, sometimes we use the language in the U S so the haves and the have nots. Well, 30% of us have a sense of calling and purpose and meaning in our work. And 70% of us don't. Wow. Well, um, so Chip, you, you, you study this, you work with lots of folks. I work with individuals when I do my coaching as well. What, uh, you know, what leads to this? What leads to the big disconnect? You know, it's, it's, it's complex. It's a, there's a, there's no simple answer to this. Some of us, you know, we've inherited, um, we inherited a, a paradigm about work where work is just something you do to get to the weekend. And so, you know, we've, we've been, it's part of our culture that, you know, work is something you tolerate to get to do what you want to do. Um, others of us, um, 
you know, there was so, so high of expectations from our parents that we had to be successful that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we just always feel like we're behind and it's, it's, it's pushing on some vulnerabilities that are deep inside of us. And so, uh, you know, it works just that way. Um, I think there's other things we could say about the way we work today. And frankly, I think COVID just ex- accelerated that, you know, like if you're a knowledge worker and your company didn't go out of business in the last two months, you're probably working more than ever and you're on all the time and mm. you're strung out from, you know, 18 successive zoom meetings. Right. Today. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, so there's lots of different pieces in that. And I think, um, yeah. And, and, you know, so that's, there's lots of reasons why we may struggle with that. Um, and some of us are just, we've just given up, you know, we're cynical. We don't think that we can, we can, uh, we, it's possible. Right. Right. So Chip, um, uh, on, on our show, if, if there's a kind of an arc to the episodes here. And in the first half of our season, we spent a lot of time, uh, uncovering, um, different aspects of our talents and our passions and really trying to get a sense of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's great. Um, and uh, when you can have that, what we want to try to help people do for the rest of the show here is how can I take what I know about myself and um, leverage that in, uh, in, in my job and in my career? Hopefully, you know, the tighter the, the theoretically, right? the, tire, the tighter the match there, the, the more fulfillment you'll get. You showed me a super interesting uh, grid uh, before the show. Um, you want to pop that up and Let's look at that. walk us through it? Yeah. Great. So I have mine over here on my left screen. So I'm not checking my email, Pete. I promise. <laughs> just looking at the grid. Okay. Um, so yeah, this grid is really trying to answer the question: How do we find meaning in our work? Like, how do we connect that deeper sense of purpose, destiny, uh, in terms of your show? How do we find? How do we connect our destiny with our work? And um, so I want I want everybody to think about your work in terms of two two broad categories, two broad questions. The first is how do you experience it? And I don't mean the whole thing because the different elements of it. You know, so there's probably things about your work you like and things you don't. But how do you experience it? We're going to talk about that. And then the other is how do you approach it? Like how do you frame it in terms of really what story do you anchor it in? And I'm gonna, I want to talk about both a little bit as we fill in this, this chart. So on the experience side, there's chore work. And when I was, this is how I was introduced to work as a kid. You know, I was given chores to do. And chores were the work you did so you could get to do what you want to do. Um, you know, I couldn't go play until I cleared the table and yeah. took out the trash. That's that. I think I, w- I was raised right. I had to do chores, <laughs> you know, and that's the way it was. So chores, you know, are usually not, um, usually they're hard or at least very unsatisfying kinds of work. Um, so almost every job has some chore elements to it. Almost every job. Um, no matter who you are. The other uh, side of this is the tree house. So when I was a kid, I used to build tree houses and um, they weren't fancy, like with, you know, nice windows and shingles and all that kind of stuff. Right, there's a whole uh, reality show around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It was more like, you know, two, two by two, two by fours of a piece of plywood in a tree. It was more like a platform really, right. but it was fun. I mean, we did it all the time. And, you know, it, when I look back on it, it actually looked a lot like work. There was all this effort, exerted to gather supplies and to you know sneak my dad's tools out of the basement and to you know get nails and scrap lumber and all this kind of thing and then haul it all up into the woods and then with hammers and saws and so forth you know 
build build a stairs and build a platform and there was blood and there was sweat and there was you know hammers on thumbs and all that kind of thing that's that, that that's work but it didn't feel like work mm. and um so we we call treehouse work it, it dials into this concept of flow where um there's kind of an an, an engaging level of challenge and then our skills keep rising to meet that and um so all of us want treehouse work. You know, that's what we aspire to. Right, treehouse right. work is equals dream job. Um, we're it's not my art. It's yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that it's it's. There's a sense of fulfillment there. Um, well, I don't know that we do it to get fulfilled. I think we find that we're we're filled as re- fulfilled as a result of it. There's a there's an order there that might be significant. But anyway, when it comes to our experience of work, all of us have. It's all all of it's on a continuum between shore and treehouse and if we can really take our jobs apart there's probably elements of both in almost all jobs so we'll talk more about that in a minute but the second the second side the, the up the vertical axis excuse me is how do we approach our work you know in other words what what story do we kind of anchor it in how do we how do we bring meaning to our work because one of the things that we would say at voca you know and, and we walk people through a, a calling discernment program we've we're 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 thinking and writing about a lot of these things is that you don't derive your purpose from your work. You bring your purpose to your work. Hmm. You know, and when I, when I look to you as my employer to give me purpose, um, I'm, I'm, my, I'm putting my expectations in the wrong place. Well, you've handed control of your life over yeah. to yeah. a third party too. I'm actually very vulnerable uh, and yeah. many, at many levels I'm subject to being taken advantage of and some other things. And, um, and it's just not the way it works. So when we talk about the approach we bring to our work, we have two options. Um, and I'm going to use faith terms for these. Um, but it really, I'll explain it so that it applies to everybody, whether, whether faith is a, a big, is important thing for you or not. Um, oops, sorry. I have to be on the right screen. Here we go. So the secular approach to work, this I'm just calling the secular, is work that I do for me and by me. So when I started my career at the age of, 18, we started a small construction company and I also had a band and I was also in college at the same time and I was doing all these things so I could get rich as quickly as possible and it was all up to me to make it happen. It was Mm. work that was for me and by me and I even think that some of us who say, well, I'm working to provide for my family, it's a BS line and I'm not talking about Bible study, Pete. (laughs) It's, it's, It's just something we say but the truth is we really want to be that person that's able to provide a certain kind of lifestyle. It's about our image. It's really more about our image than it's about providing because um, it's way beyond basics, you know, when we, when we, use right. that kind of line. So, so secular work, I'm just, and if, if you don't like that term, that's okay, but it's really, it's just work that's for me and by me. It's, it's, it's about right. me. Uh-huh. Um, and then sacred work is work that I think is for God and with God and for others. And, um, for those of us, who, so it's more uh, like a like a servant mentality. Yeah, like a servant, a, a steward. I've been given talent and opportunity, and it's uh-huh. not just about me. Um, you know, and the for God idea is the idea that we can do any anything. God will receive any work as an offering of worship to Him. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. For those of us who have faith, it's kind of an interesting thing. We think of worship as something that happens in a church building, which we haven't been able to do for the last three months, but. Um, <laughs> It doesn't matter. God receives our work as worship. That it's something we can do for Him. That He sees it, He values it, and He will reward us for it. 
Another interesting sacred idea is that we can actually do our work with God, that we believe God is working in the world, that he's creating and that he's protecting. And that comes from an ancient Jewish poem, Psalm 127, that God is a builder and God is the protector. So whenever we do building or protecting work, which all of our work fits into one of those categories, usually, and sometimes both, we're doing it with God. We're not just, we're not alone anymore. It's not just by me. And then the four others point, point which is that, you know, Christians have long believed that the way God provides, the way we, we serve our neighbors and the way God provides for people is through our work. And so, again, you may not buy into all those Christian categories, but, you know, there's, there's lots of research that shows that the, the reason, the, what gives our work meaning is the impact it has on people. And that's not to, that we have to move beyond ourselves. And yeah, Chip, uh, Chip, when I, uh, when I coach millennials or just even have discussions with them, it's, I can't, it's hard to find uh, someone in that age group who doesn't want to say, I want to make the world a better place. Like they are all really, really focused. And I think it's awesome. Um, It's uh, the challenge then becomes uh, helping them get there and helping them find that meaningful work. But yeah, it's, I think a lot of people will resonate with us. So, so far on our chart, we've got our experiences of work that, that parts of it are chore-like, parts of it are treehouse-like. And we may be more on one side or the other. In fact, in COVID, you know, some of us may find that we, just to get by, after unemployment and everything runs out, we may have to do more chore work. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. But then we also have this framework, this perspective of meaning or per, that we bring to it that could be either secular or sacred. And that nets out into four different possible meanings of our work. Uh, the worst is grind. You know, it's for me, by me, I'm at this, I'm all alone, I've got to figure this out, I've got to make it happen, and I hate it. Mm. That's a grind. Um, And there's probably people that feel that way because they have to do whatever they're doing to survive and they don't see any value in it and they feel like they're very alone in their work. Um, If I have a for me, by me approach to work and I love it, it becomes like an addiction. You know, it becomes my God, so to speak, that my, my total source of enjoyment, fulfillment, security. Uh, I don't let anybody or anything get in the way of it. And it has, you know, we said it has a tremendous power over my life. Um, and I need it more than anything. I need it too much. Yeah, you see that. You see people that are attached. They get, it, they get all their identity and self-worth. And then when that gets disrupted, whoa, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, your world gets shaken. If if you're in that quadrant um, and you lost your job in the last few weeks, your world just got blown up. You know, it's it's, it's traumatic. It's not that it's not traumatic in other quadrants. It's just even more traumatic. Like everything. This is why people would jump out of buildings, you know, when the market crashes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because they were putting their security in it. At least if you're, you know, in a grind, you're not expecting... To no, get much you're, more you're out like, of your job. I just want to get to the weekend and have some beers and relax. I mean, that's, right, that, right, that, right. That, that's it. I'm, I, I, I'm just trying to survive this thing. Now, the big move that we want to help people do is move from the bottom, the secular, up to the sacred. Because if you cross that plane, that line, um, everything changes. And so if we go to a sacred, sacred perspective that I see meaning in my work, because it's not just for me, it's for others, it's for God. Um, even if it's chore work, it's meaning now is growth. It's going to help me grow. It's going to help me become a better person. Um, I think one of the cool things we've seen in the COVID moment is that some of the jobs that most of us wouldn't want to do, like being a delivery person, um, gosh, we appreciate those jobs. You know, we need those jobs. Yeah. I, 
I was out walking the dog the other day and came back to our building and all the police, there's a group of police, there's a bunch of police cars. And I thought, Oh no, what's going on? But all the police and the sanitation workers and um, the mailmen were all, they all stood together with their masks on and they got a picture together and everybody was cheering them. And I thought it was really cool. Um, but some elements of what those people do, we, most of us would consider chore work. Like we wouldn't really want to do it, but it's, it's not just how that it can help us grow if we see it as a for others and for God thing, but it's also that now we're seeing that that works really important. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've heard it said that, you know, if the CEO doesn't show up to work for a week, nobody really notices, but if the janitor <laughs> does, doesn't show up to work for a week, That's everybody, so notices, you know, That's so true. Wow. So there's value in that work and there's dignity in it. Um, Cause it, and just that for others perspective helps us see it. And then, um, if we get to the treehouse um, with a sacred frame, our work becomes a gift. Um, Ecclesiastes, ancient ancient Jewish wisdom um, in both the Christian and Hebrew Bible, it talks about this idea that if, if you can enjoy the work that you're given to do, it's a gift from God. And, um, you know, I think that many of us expect that our work will be in that upper right quadrant all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably not realistic. It might be less realistic now than it was six months ago. Um, you know, one of the things that we say, say to people that say, oh, I want to find my dream job. We're like, well, we want to help you find your next best job, right? The, you know, what's the, what's the next best next for you? Because um, even if you find your dream job, it won't stay your dream job. Because <laughs> something about it will change. So if it's at a company, uh, your boss will leave, the business will get disrupted. It's not going to last forever. It just doesn't work that way. Nothing works that way anymore. I'm not sure it ever did. Um, if it's you, if it's you, like you say, I'm going to start a business and everything again, it's kind of like, maybe you're actually more of a starter and you actually like the starting of the business. But when you have to kind of grow up and delegate and manage people, then you start to hate it. Your dream job becomes a nightmare. So I'm not being pessimistic. I'm saying that it's a dynamic process. You know, a lot of times what we like to say for to, to our clients is that your work calling, like the purpose for you in your work is the overlap between the real you and the real world. And you are always growing and changing. You have a learner mindset and the real world is always changing. And so negotiating that connection between real you and real world is a dynamic process. And so I, I'm saying all that to say, you don't really get to the gift quadrant and just arrive like that's, that's a red herring. It's a myth. It's unhelpful. Um, it's, it's a, you're constantly moving towards it. And I think in our world where change is the norm, you just have to keep adjusting it. Wow. Chip, super, super helpful, super practical, wise uh, approach. You're listening to Dynamic Destiny with Coach Pete Cafarcio. And I'm here with my guest, Dr. Chip Roper. And we're exploring how to get more alignment <laughs> between your calling and your career. We're not going to say absolute alignment based on what Chip just told us. So uh, Chip, that's awesome. Um, wow. There's so much here that uh, what Let's you talk shared. about some of the COVID implications of this. Do you want to? You want to yeah, sure. Yes, that, absolutely. Um, so we've already said that some of us may have to do more chore work than treehouse work to get through this season. Um, and in, and another kind of hack, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you survive that and not just go crazy? Um, 
you know, I think sometimes we think of, well, this job is a chore job and this job is a treehouse job. So it's kind of an all zero sum, all or nothing kind of categorization. And the truth is it doesn't really work that way anytime, even, and maybe especially now. So um, the truth is that most jobs have some elements of chores in them and some elements of treehouse in them. Mm-hmm. And one of the key survival strategies for this season is to find the treehouse elements in the work you need to do. And um, so instead of treehouse with a capital T, maybe it's tree houses and the small T it's like there's micro treehouse things that we get to do. And before we went on, I said, you know, so I'm an executive coach and I'm a business owner and I'm you know leading a team and I write content. It's a very uh, relational cerebral job. Right. Um, so I said, well, what would happen if I had to work like in distribution at a warehouse center somewhere? Cause that's hot. You know, there's lots of jobs in distribution right now. And I, I think there's, there's actually some things I would like about it. So I, I think there's things that I would like about the physical work and, you know, the organizing of things and space and people. Um, and it's just, but, and that's a, that's kind of a weird, maybe that's not, that's a hypothetical analogy. Another one uh, we've talked about uh, is my, my wife works and she's an office manager and she just doesn't, she works for a search company that's got a very defined market. She's not really interested in search. She's not really interested in the market they're in. Um, but what her treehouse things are white glove customer service. Anytime she can go over the top and take care of, you know, a key constituent in a way that just uh, they're blown away. She loves to do that. And the other thing, Thing that she she really is passionate about that's a treehouse kind of work for her is putting things in order um like her company just moved in the middle of covid and she had to organize all that and she did a great she just did an amazing job at that like that's great um, uh, so it's it's not i guess the, the practice the best practice is understanding what that treehouse is for you and finding things in what work you have to do now that align with it and always looking for opportunities that might be more, you know, have more of that. Like there's nothing wrong with looking for opportunities that have more of it, but you know, for now uh, where we're seeing, there's a few industries that are hiring like crazy, like that they're involved in logistics and pharma and uh, medicine and essential services and some healthcare a little bit. Um, Tech is big. Some tech. Um, but there's a lot that are frozen. Like they're just wait. There's a lot of wait and see out there, um, for sure. And then there's other areas which are just cratering, you know? Um, so figuring out what, what an ideal, what, what, what would be more aligned than what you're doing now is that that's a great thing to well, do. Chip, I think you just hit on something that's uh, really important. I talked, I talked to, again, I, I mentioned, I talked to a lot of younger people and, when they think of a treehouse, um, uh, to continue the metaphor, a treehouse kind of position, they're thinking like that's going to be the the title I have. It's the exact mission of the organization I work for, and the, I really like the 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 example you used with your wife because that's to me is probably a healthier way to think about it or more realistic is when you have that sense of self awareness and you know you know what your personality is, what your talents are how can you use that within an overall context? It does not have to be like exactly, you know, screaming, this is a hundred percent you it's what, what do you have to bring to contribute 
that can make the overall mission successful and finding that finding that that space i mean some people have job descriptions that are super super scripted and very little wiggle room not most of us don't have it exactly like that a lot of us do have a, a, a certain amount of autonomy as long as you're you know you're uh, advancing the overall objective so there's there's kind of an art there i think of you know taking the things that are uh, do have some flexibility and how can you bring your best and the things that put you into flow while still benefiting your organization? So I think you've raised two different, you've raised two really different interesting questions there. So the first is really macro and the second is micro. So the macro question is, what do I do if I don't feel excited about the organization I work for? You know, um, so I keep searching for that, that perfect organization. And, you know, there's, there's, there's an, in, there's an, in, what industry is it? Um, what's the culture like in the organization? Um, and what do you have to do? Like they all kind of come, those three things come together to define what's it like working here. The irony is that as a person who's worked, I mean, I've worked in for-profit, nonprofit, and church. Um, I know there's no silver bullet to find the perfect organization that just does perfect work. And, there's plenty of people and plenty of organizations in the nonprofit and church land uh, that have been really hurt by toxic organizational cultures. It's, it's, there's no, there's no magic pill that just because you're in this industry that it's, it's going to be all good. In fact, I, I mean, again, this is kind of a Christian concept. It comes from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. He did a famous graduation speech at Harvard where he said, you know, we always wanted to have a, we would love to divide the world into us and them. And us are, of course, the good, good people and them are the bad guys. But he says the line between good and evil goes down the center of every human heart. And um, so where every person is a mix of, of good and evil. I think every industry is a mix of good and evil. And, I, and I'm just trying to give your, I'm just trying to maybe not so gently suggest a little reality therapy uh, for, your, for your listeners that, there's just no such thing as the perfect organization that's got the, the, the perfect altruistic purpose that takes great care of its employees at the same time. And that's an amazing place to work. It, it produces a product that is, doesn't pollute and is going to make the world a better yeah. place. There's, and, there's just uh, always some trade-off and that's, that's, that's a little bit, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go after that. I'm just saying it's about expectations. The second thing that you brought up there, Pete, was about your own individual role. And how do you, how do you navigate a situation where you're saying, well, my treehouse is doing A, B, and C, and they've got me doing a little bit of C, but mostly, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, uh, you know, how do you deal with that situation? Chip, that and is, that's awesome. And I want to get really practical about that. I'm Coach Pete. You're listening to Dynamic Destiny Radio. Hey, is it possible to do what, what Chip was just talking about? Is it possible to do your work so that it fully leverages your talents and your personality? When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how to do that. We're going to give some practical tips to actually uh, help move you more toward, toward that desired place. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hey, how's it going? If it's stressful or just plain exhausting, 
New Light Living is here to ask, is this the way you want to live? Join me, your intuitive spiritual life coach and host, Orika Sullivan, every week on New Light Living. Discover the power of creative tools to start living every day as your ideal dream day. See your life in the new light. To learn more, visit newlightliving.com. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. We're back on Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete, where we unpack your powerful potential. As a reminder, you can catch archived episodes and get lots of helpful free content and resources at PeteCoaching.com. Hey, I'm here today with Dr. Chip Roper, and we're discussing how to get better alignment between your calling, your life purpose, and what you do day to day on your job. And uh, if you're just joining us now, Chip's been uh, walking us through a really helpful uh, understanding of, of our, our mindsets and where our, our intentions are at and, and what the results of that are. Chip, um, can you uh, just take that a little farther and, and tell us how to make that shift from going from a grind into a place where we're really feel like we're contributing and we're really uh, making a difference? Yeah, in some ways, like the, the ideal movement on this chart is to go from grind to gift. You know, like that's, how do you do that? Uh-huh. Um, but it really, that involves two moves. It involves a move from secular to sacred and it involves a move from shore to treehouse. So the secular to sacred move is a mindset shift. Um, so we all know that if you're going to shift your mindset, that's going to take repeated reinforcement and, you know, so, so, uh, some alterations to your, to your rhythm. Um, there's probably a couple different things that, that could help shift that. Um, so just at a sort of just generic level for anybody, I think that the practice of gratitude, you know, that's like writing down three things you're grateful for every day. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to find that a lot of those things have to do with people and, and people in your work. And so that's going to help you see the other's orientation in, in your work. Um, that's a daily practice. The other thing uh, that can help you shift from for me and by me to the other's orientation is really to think about this question that uh, Peter Drucker liked to pose, which is how do you want to be remembered? You know, uh, if you want to make it a little bit more graphic, think about what do you want people to say about you at, on your 80th birthday or at your funeral? You can decide whether you want to be there or not, but um, <laughs> you know, it's like fast forwarding, what do you want people to say? What, how do you want to be remembered? And it kind of, it helps us dial into the fact that um, we actually do care. All of us care about what some group of people think there is a they that every single one of us wants to, you know, we care about. We want them to appreciate us, like us, admire us, that kind of thing that matter to us. And it, it pulls us above that line from for me to for others. Um, if you're a person of faith, if you're a Christian, 
um, you know, gosh, there's just so much in, in terms of the idea that Jesus calls us to a life of service. He, he didn't just model that, but he, he, he won us over to it by serving us to the utmost on the cross. And, you know, there's, there's so many things there that should, in terms of spiritual practices that, that should connect the dots and help us to see that life isn't just, you know, we're not just soloists, we're not orphans, um, that God's got a story and he wants us to be part of it. So that's that shift. And it really gets into kind of spiritual practices and rhythms on a day-to-day basis. Um, the other shift is from chore to treehouse. And with, again, I just want to reinforce the caveat that especially now it, it doesn't have to be macro. It can be micro. It can be finding the treehouse tasks and activities in your current job, which more broadly would qualify as a chore job. Um, but some of the self-awareness that you guys have covered in the last, you know, in the first, first whole half of this, of your, of your series, Pete, would really be critical here because how do you know what your house really is? You know, one of the things that we like to do with our clients is we want to objectively measure their talent and we want to, you know, I guess it's kind of objectively get feedback from the people they work with so that it's not just their internal feelings and aspirations that, that we can really bring true data to this conversation of right. identifying a treehouse. Um, and you do that, you do that kind of work as well. And so that's really important, that self-awareness piece. But then something we talked about a, b- a bit is, is mapping, you know, how do you map the things you, how do you connect the dots? I mean, we used to have, didn't we all used to have tests like these, you know, you have one list of words on the left and one list of words and you have to draw lines, you know, back and forth and connect them. Like, how do you take the tasks that you have to do in your job and the realities of your job and how do you map it to your treehouse activities? Yeah, yeah. Well, Chip, that uh, reminds me of a tool that I have that I can make available to uh, to all the listeners here. It's a, it's a great exercise where you can list the things that you need to do. Either you can view it daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. Things that are, you know, that are required of you. And uh, map it against uh, how much energy does that give you? Does it drain your energy? Is it energy neutral? Does it give you energy to do those things? And it's a, it's a nice grid and it really reveals a lot of things. Some of my clients have used this and have gotten like actually made uh, important career shifts uh, based on the information that that gave. It's called the energy performance grid. And I think it's time for the make it real challenge. So if you can give me a drum roll chip in the background, here we go. Ready? Here it comes. Bang. Okay. Make it real challenge. Do the energy performance grid right to me. Ask Pete at PeteCoaching.com. That's ask Pete at PeteCoaching.com. I will send this to you for free. No obligations, no hassles or anything. I'll just give it to you. It's, it's really clear and take it and do an examination and see what parts of, you know, your job are really a, a real, a real chore and which parts of it are more toward flow and what can you, and then there's suggestions on what you, what could you possibly do about that? Depends on how much flexibility you have in your job. So Chip, like um, as far as our listeners here, some of them do have a lot of flexibility and they're just maybe not making the smartest decisions um, and could, you know, shift. And there's others that have very little 
uh, flexibility. Um, what, uh, what are some practical things that we would suggest um, to folks that maybe they don't have a lot of flexibility, but they want to be moving more? What are, what are some things that come to your mind? Um, well, doing this mapping exercise is great because it's going to increase your self-awareness. It's going to help you find um, some of the things in your current work or situation. Even if your work is searching for work, um, you know, it's like the, there's things about that work for most of us, maybe the very, very, very few, but there's some things about that work of searching for work. They're actually treehouse for you. So, yep. you know, I, I told you before, like, I don't, I don't, I, I have a business. I have to, I have to go after leads. I, I hate asking for initial conversations. I have some kind of mental block on it or something, but I love having those conversations. Mm-hmm. So when I, you know, last time I was looking for work, um, here in New York, which is six years ago, I didn't like to ask, but I love the conversation. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's finding the, and, and reminding yourself that there's rewards coming and it's, it's, it's tweaking that in your process. Yeah. One, one thing I like to encourage people on is um, like, say some things for flow for you are just way outside your job description. I'm, I'm going to take uh, uh, just a case um, say you really have strong talents for aesthetics and you're in a cube job. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe you can't make your job exactly shift toward aesthetics, but think about things you can do that they're probably extra mile kinds of things that might not even add, you know, to the bottom line, but to take the initiative, like, can you, add artwork to the boardroom that you guys meet in uh, uh, frequently uh, or the meeting rooms. Uh, Can you make some suggestions on, uh, you know, changing over the lobby or or different things like that. Anything that you can do, it's probably going to be some extra mile things, but it'll, you'll feel good about it because you're contributing and um, other people uh, will, will, you know, benefit from it too. It helps to build culture. That's on a real, on a real small level. If there's some amount of flexibility on your job, I, I talk to, to people, Chip, that are just so afraid of ever mentioning anything to their boss because it might imply that um, they don't like their job or they're unhappy or something like that. And it doesn't need to be that way. A lot of it depends on the way you position that conversation. Like if you feel like you have some pent up talents or skills that you could be contributing, a lot of it depends on you know, how, how you tee that up. Yeah. I think and it depends on that. It depends on being, you need to know your boss and you need to know how they tick and what they value. I think that's really important. Um, so that you can, cause you need, you're, you're, you're trying to solve a problem for them, not create a problem for them. Um, so if you come to them complaining about your boredom, you just created a problem for them. Bosses do not like extra problems ever, <laughs> like never. That's like a, just a never thing. They like, like solutions. Don't so, do it. So if it, go back to your boardroom example. So if people are, I mean, none of us are using boardrooms anymore anyway. But right, the point true. is, like when we come back, um, you know, if people are complaining about the the lack of art or the drudgery of the boardroom, and you hear it, then that's an op- Then you then now you have opportunity because you can say. Hey, I, I could, I could transform this. I'm happy to do it on my own time. Um, so now you're basically offering a free solution. That's, yeah. So, yeah. That's, be that's, smart. Be smart. Be listen, smart. 
listen to needs, listen to the needs that are going around you. And like, maybe you're, maybe you're good at presentation or communications and you've noticed, uh, or, you know, some of the people are complaining that the presentations, the PowerPoints are boring. They're drudgery. People are just reading off bullets and it's like death by a PowerPoint and you know how to fix that. That's your opportunity to, and you know, and you happen to be good at it. That's the time to speak up and say, Hey, you know what? I could help with that. Um, ask permission about it. Don't, don't get, don't get an attitude, but present that you could bring value. I think I, it could help everybody. We could shorten our meetings. We could, it could be more effective. People would, uh, you know, look forward to this instead. Um, and I'm, I'm good at that. Can I yeah. make some suggestions? Yeah. Bosses want solutions. They don't want problems. And the other thing is that the, the other caveat in all of this is, is if, if you're saying, oh, well, there's something out of my lane that's over there that I think I could help with, you better make sure that everything that's in your lane is being, being handled really well. Um, sure. Cause I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've had clients do it. I've, I, you know, I've did it when I was, you know, younger and starting my career. It's kind of like I got, you get bored and then you go do something else. And then, but the problem is you didn't actually do what you were tasked to do. And then now there's sometimes two problems. Cause the thing, you know, you know so it, it just gets back to that big idea. Bosses don't want problems. They want solutions. You need to be savvy enough to understand what solutions they're seeking. If some of those solutions are outside your current job, but you can deliver them and deliver them well, offer it. But I love what you're saying, Pete, because it's all about solutions. It's all about bringing, bringing, making things better that your boss cares about. If your boss doesn't give a rip about the the boardroom, then the idea that you're even going to waste their time. No, you're going to do that on your free time. That that you're going to do on your free time. Well, they're not even going to want to talk extras. about it if they don't care about it. Right. Because right. they, they, they're overwhelmed just like everybody else. Right. Hey, you're listening to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete. And I have my guest, Dr. Chip Roper, on with me right now. And we are talking about moving toward better alignment between your calling and your career. And uh, if, uh, uh, if, you're, if you're just joining us now, um, you can get the archived episode and hear, uh, see some great graphics that Chip's been using uh, at PeteCoaching.com. We have YouTube videos. It's, this comes across as a podcast, Facebook Live, and the archived radio episodes are also available on that. That's PeteCoaching.com. So, Chip. What else, uh, what else, uh, what other kinds of trends are you seeing now? Um, you know, especially with lockdown, it's real hard for people to think long-term and we, we get that. Um, so what's some, what's some advice that you might give them for, you know, the next month, really it's the next month or two. Um, I mean, I think that the next, the next few months, um, Boy, there's so many different threads to it. I think that if you're a knowledge worker, then you should expect to be working from home uh, indefinitely. Um, and even when it, you know, everybody's talking about turning it back on, turning the economy back on, return. Um, knowledge workers are not going to return in mass. They're not. Um, they're going to be in shifts. They're going to be, um, it's going to be challenging. So, you know, if your Zoom camera sucks and your lighting's terrible and your mic isn't that great and you were thinking like, I can just grind this out because it's going to be over soon, you're wrong. It's time to upgrade because <laughs> you're, you're going to be spending a lot of time like this. Um, 
probably probably indefinitely and even and what's going to happen when things are back on is it's going to be a mix of it like i you know friends working in banking and large corporations they're all saying remote work has worked better than they thought um and so they'll you know offices are going to change uh they're going to become more like conference centers when you know, bringing people in to interact there's going to social distancing and i just I'm getting instructions about the course I'm going to teach in the fall and how the classrooms aren't going to fit everybody. And so we're going to have to do, do them and split groups and spread everybody out and everything. So like, this isn't really going away. And there's a, there's a number of people that think there'll be a second wave um, yeah, my, yeah. in the, in the late fall and winter. Um, so we could be back to lockdown. So I guess what I'm saying is you get really good at working from home and get really good at working this way, which involves the technology that you use. It also involves ha habits of resiliency. Um, and um, so Chip, you're, um, you, you, run, you run a webinar series on resilience. Yeah, yeah tell yeah, us we, about that. Yeah, so we've been doing a series on resilience. It's gonna be uh, eight or nine parts for the first run and we'll, uh, but it's really about the things that we need to know and the things that we need to do uh, to be, to have an enduring kind of capacity so resilience, the, the idea of resilience is the ability to snap back from adversity or challenge. And um, we think of that in terms of, you know, there's certainly sort of vocational resilience, like knowing what's coming, managing the market, knowing how to search for a job. So we've, we've got a free download on our websites. Uh, VocaCenter.org is our faith-based site and VocaCenter.com is our business-facing site. So we've got a, a free job search guide. It's 12 pages full of how you, if you have to look for a job or you want to look for a job, this is how you do it. It's all nuts and bolts. It's all about how to do it. Wow. Um, so so that, let, let, Chip, let me, excuse me, let me repeat that. It's VOCA, V-O-C-A center, center. Yeah. org or VOCACenter.com. Free resources, really good stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm impressed, Chip. I mean, I've been out there. It's uh, super professional, really helpful. And uh, the one thing I, 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 Chip, that I just appreciate about you and what you do, Chip's a very concrete thinker and he does not waste your time. You know, there's not a lot of extra fluff floating around there. It just gets right to the point and the stuff is actionable. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm giving you a, a, a firsthand endorsement. I've, I've, I've used some of his stuff before. So, um, I, yeah, go out there, vocacenter.org or vocacenter.com. Yeah, we've got we've got the job search guides right there on our home pages. Uh, we've also got the resilience webinar uh, this coming th this this Thursday night. We're talking about managing your finances during this season because if your finances are in disarray, you're in disarray. And um, next week we're going to talk about dealing with loss um, because all of us have lost things uh, through this this extended lockdown period. Some of mm -hmm. us have lost our jobs. We've lost time with friends and family, graduation celebrations, um, you know, connection with our colleagues. There's just a lot of loss going on. Yeah. It's not something we like to talk about as Americans very much. We, 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 we're not very good at it, but uh, we've got great guests on that. So we, we, we're trying to pick topics from like broad, broad intel about markets and business and job changing to like sort of more soulish topics that we, we need to kind of, bundle all this together to be able to make it through uh, which seems to be, you know, an emerging new reality. That's, that's not, we're not going back to normal. Right. 
Right. Well, Chip, you talked about a job searching guide. I mean, should people be even be looking for jobs right now? Yeah, you know, we um, a few weeks ago, we had Tom Wilson on. He's the head of uh, in-house recruiting for Invesco and a um, great guy. And Tom, yeah, I love like, Tom. He's super. He's like, don't yeah. stop looking. You may find that it's just like some, some employers are on pause, but some, a lot of job seekers have gone on pause. So the, they're seeing that the number of candidates, the, not, the competition for open jobs has actually gone down. And so um, it may actually be a good time to look for work, um, especially if you have work, which is, if you have, well, if you don't have work, you have to look for work, <laughs> no brainer. So, and we have resources to help you. But if you, if you have a job, but you're thinking, gosh, you know, back to the, the diagram, this job is about 98% chore, you know, and I'm, I'm still trying to find out my magnifying glass to find the little tree house in this job. Um, we'll figure out why. That is what about that job makes it so chore like and then figure out what kind of other jobs might be better. And that's a networking process. And we that's part of our career navigation process. We guide our clients through that. And, um, and I'm sure you do, too, Pete, with yours. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the harm in looking? You know, um, kind of job search gospel is that you're always looking in a sense, not actively, not in a sense of desperation or, or I don't mean desperation. I mean, just chronic discontent. I mean, you know, your LinkedIn's always up to date. You're always trying to network with at least a few people to find out where are things going, where's, where's opportunity moving. You know, you don't want to jump, jump onto a shrinking iceberg um, in terms of, of the future. You know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to sign up to manage retail clothing people, right? Cause that's like, it's just gone away and it's, it's, it's it may not come back. So, you want to figure out a way to take those skills and take it somewhere else where things are coming or things are more ascending, but you always want to be doing that. So um, there's no reason not to be doing that now. There's no reason not to be having virtual coffees with people. Hey, let's have a virtual coffee. Yeah. Um, and just find out what's going on. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say stay active, keep your ear to the ground. Um, a lot of companies are dealing with the fact that, they're, they are not going to be able to hold their, their, their talent in expensive, dense areas. So that kind of opens up all kinds of possibilities in terms yes, of what your does. work looks like and where you live. And it's just really, it's a very interesting reality. And you said, so I would, you said, what to do in the next two months? I would say, well, keep networking. Mm-hmm. Pick, pick your top three other companies that you think you might want to work for or other, other top three jobs you think might be interesting that are different than what you're doing and just find people to talk to about those companies or jobs. Don't ask for a job. Just ask for information. Right, right. That's a key. That's I coach my, uh, my clients on that as well. Um, don't show up needy and, and, you know, this old mindset of there's a fixed job description out there and I have to fit it perfectly and please hire me, please hire me, please hire me. That's not the way to do it. Not the way to do it. Totally. You want to be able to articulate the value that you can bring to the marketplace and then just find out more about the organization, about their internal values um, and trends, different things that are going on. What is of interest to them? Then if you can start to make some connections and show how you can bring value, they'll open the door and you can have oh, yeah. the, the right kind of conversations. That's right. Okay. As we wind down, I have a favor to ask. Um, if you benefit from the show, could you please click like 
and share this with your friends. Or if you listen to the podcast, rate it, okay? That helps the media platforms know that it's valuable and then they'll promote it more. So thanks a lot. That would really help. Hey, our quote for the day, again, is the dogs of doom stand at the door of your destiny. And I want to thank you all for tuning in to Dynamic Destiny Radio. And I especially want to thank our guest, Dr. Chip Roper. Chip, you've been great, super helpful, super practical. And uh, um, uh, I had a wonderful time here. Uh, I hope you did too. Please join me every other Wednesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific time. And remember, you really are God's gift to the world. We're all depending on you to be the best version of you that you can be. Thank you for joining us on Dynamic Destiny with Coach Pete on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join us next time to discover new ways to get clarity and make a positive impact in your world. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. That's P-E-T-E Coaching.com.